Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're learning about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And on most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Christy Faulkner, an entrepreneur and female founder who has conceived, planned, and launched four companies focused on female consumers and women-focused brands, including a successful yoga studio and Womenkind, a full-service integrated branding and marketing agency for women. Today, she's hard at work on her fifth launch, which we'll talk about today. All of which is to say, welcome, Christy. Hi, Jennifer. Happy to be here. <laughs> well. So you and I have known each other intimately for a short time. <laughs> Our friendship is a product of COVID. It's the only high point of COVID is you and me. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, though? Because I think that, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like, yes, we have become good friends and know each other really well, even though we've actually never met. Yes. You said to me the other day that, like, you only know me through, like, this one spot I sit in my house. <laughs> At least you move around. You see me wear makeup. <laughs> oh my god! There was that one time where you had your hair down, and we were all like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> this is the strangeness of the world. So we're like video pen pals or yeah. something. No, that's a good way to put it. it. Certainly is. But you know, it'll be very interesting when this is all over how our friendships evolve, you know, especially those that we've become close to through COVID, because it's kind of like virtual dating in a way. Yeah. Like you love somebody on the phone and then you meet them in real life and go, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that is for true. And that happened to me. So yes, I completely know what you're talking about. Oh my goodness. Yes. So uh-oh. Well, let's try to make that not happen for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do. Well, so we usually start at the breadwinners. We start on a stat, but you're special. So we're going to start with a quote from Carl Jung, the Mr. Defining Our Id and Our Ego and all that. And so he... The, the original Jungian, right? <laughs> He's a young mind. Uh, he theorized that humans use symbolism to more easily understand complex concepts. Now, you can tell I'm quoting because I'm starting to read carefully. Mm -hmm. So there are forms or images of a collective nature which occur practically all over the earth as constituents of myth and at the same time as individual products of unconsciousness. And these categories exhibit personality traits that are easily understood and these archetypes are imprinted and hardwired into our psyches. And you brought this concept to me that like he broke us up into basically 12 different types. Tell me how you got to this and what you do with this information. What is he talking about? Okay, so he had a theory that there are only a certain number of personalities. And if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell, he talked about there are only a certain amount of stories. For instance, I think I can't remember if there are eight stories or 10 stories, the hero's journey, right. David and Goliath, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's actually fascinating. You could take any movie in Hollywood, any novel you've ever read. I mean, virtually anything on TV and you can break it down and go, OK, this one's a hero's journey. I mean, it really is a shorthand way 
of breaking down content, if you want to think, right. about, or ideas. And so Carl Jung had this idea that there are only a certain number of personality types. Archetypes, you know, it's a little bit bigger than personality, but basically you're one of these things. Everything is one of You are not special is what he's saying. (laughs) You know, and I think of it, and you're going to hear me talk about this a lot because I put it in that same category as your birth sign. Mm. You know, you're a straw. So you're a Virgo or you're a Leo. And it's a very simple way of identifying yourself with a personality type and also finding connections with others who share that personality type. Uh, I just told you about an app my daughters uh, who are home from college encouraged me to download, which is so much fun. What's it called again? It's called uh, like CoStar or something. Right. Because I've downloaded it, but I haven't opened it yet. Okay. Well, it's a lot of fun because it basically gives you your you know, your sign, which of course most people know, and then your personality archetype. And so the archetypes that Carl Jung came up with are not different. It's really just the same thing, but you can apply it to yourself and to brands and your company, your mission, your vision, all of that kind of stuff. So, and it probably sounds a little more intellectual than say my, than, you know, my brand is a Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep that amongst ourselves. Yeah. And essentially, we're talking the same thing. But we're, we won't use Virgo. We'll use caregiver. That's right. Every person, right. It's just, a, it's a super simple construct. And I think what it does is it helps us as brand people, whether we're talking about a personal brand or a consumer brand, or even your B2B corporate brand. I mean, it, it really just gives you a construct for grounding yourself in values. Right. Well, so this is all an excuse to find out why you think I'm a magician. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Well, first, let me just quickly, yeah. I think it's real easy to Google yeah. archetypes, right? 12 brand archetypes, there are maps, there's all kinds of things online. We'll link to it in the description to give okay. you an easy cut through to it. Right. Okay. So, but I'm just going to quickly tell you what the 12 archetypes are, just so we know what we're talking about. So there's the innocent there's the sage, there's the explorer, the outlaw, the magician, the hero, the lover, the jester, everyman, caregiver, ruler, and creator. So the first thing that I always tell people I consult with to do is just which one of those speak to you right off the top of your head, which one do you identify with? And then you can go a little bit deeper. The innocent is happy, faithful, optimistic. Does that sound like you? The explorer is nonconforming, innovative, a self-starter, autonomous. The sage is intelligent, analytical, insightful. Everybody wants to be a sage. <laughs> the hero is courageous, competent, and strong. The outlaw is revolutionary, disruptive, and outrageous. The magician is a dreamer, a visionary, knowledgeable. Every woman every man, however you want to think, every person (laughs) is relatable, empathetic, and realistic. The lover is passionate, gracious, and committed. The jester is joyful, light, and present. The caregiver, compassionate, generous, serving. The creator, imaginative, perfectionist, and original. Oh, I just have another one. The ruler. I don't think I said the ruler. Natural, leader, responsible, and powerful. So those are the 12. And remind me, which did you say you were before I I said I was the every person, the every woman. Well, I think that's because you are really empathetic. You're very relatable. You know, and the types of subject matter that you cover are realistic. But what I always like to do when I'm working with clients is I say, all right, so 
What's the obvious one? And that's the one that you're going to instantly relate to. So you relate to every woman and that's fantastic. And look, Oprah is someone who we would consider an every woman. I mean, is there anyone more empathetic than she is, right? So it's not a criticism to say, Jennifer, I think you can be something else. You know, you can certainly (laughs) succeed. So offended. You know, it's not like there's a hierarchy, right? These are all equal on a dial, so to speak. You know, much like Capricorn isn't better than Leo, unless, of course... I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a Virgo. And I think Leo is whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're bringing your own. That's your own problem. That's not the definitions problem. Exactly. But what I always ask my clients to do is find what they relate to. So so you gravitated to everyone. But then I ask someone to think about what their audience perceives them as. So whether, like I said, whether you're yeah. a personal brand or consumer brand or company, how does your customer, your client, your audience, how did they perceive you? Which might be the same or it might be different. So my perception of you very quickly was a magician. First is that the magician is quite knowledgeable. We were talking about the court jester as being someone who actually is very silly, but in fact is probably the smartest person in the right. And I think of you as being someone who's really, really knowledgeable. But not only that, but you have the gravitas to be a visionary. And that's what a magician is. And, you know, there are some obvious magicians in the world. I mean, we think about the visionaries, you know, so Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, perhaps really visionary people and and people who they're innovative in the sense that they dream of something better. And I think of you as being a dreamer because of the work that you do to share your knowledge, inform people is really the way I see it as a mission to bring us all forward, to get us to a better place so that we're all more informed, more grounded, more inspired. And that's just the way I see you as the magician. So I always encourage people to three things. Find the archetype you most relate to best describes you. Number two, imagine your ideal customer and how they might imagine you. And then three, spin the dial and pick something that maybe you wouldn't see as a fit and try to force fit yourself into that. So when I say to you, Jennifer, I see you as a magician, did you feel like that was a force fit? No. Good. I thought it was a little bit of a reach. Oh, so what would that mean? And especially if I don't wear jeans and a black turtleneck all the time. (laughs) Like, can I do that? You know, because often, like right now, it seems like a lot of our magician types tend to be tied to big tech. That's a problem for our society. Like our love affair with tech is going to solve every freaking problem we have. And thus they get the money and they, anyways, it's like thinking through that, like, yeah, well, and even not even for myself, but the magicians should be in all kinds of areas. They should be policy people. I don't know. You got me thinking a lot about what that means. And then how do you present yourself? Right. Because ultimately, look, this isn't a label that just like you wouldn't introduce yourself at a party as a Virgo. (laughs) I'm a magician. Thank you very much. (laughs) But what it does I think is it helps an individual focus on their values, you know, because if I said to you, 
Jennifer, what are your values? You might be stumped or you might pull some random stuff out of the pie <laughs> right. that maybe is inconsistent or paradoxical <laughs> yeah. because as humans, we are complicated. So all this does is it helps to focus you. You know, I love using the example of the Spice Girls, right? So each Spice Girl has an archetype. Right. So and it's a shorthand way, as Carl Jung pointed out, for us to identify, to categorize. Label isn't a bad word in this context, but it kind of just helps to ground you. So if I say to you, Jennifer, embrace the values of a magician, go out into the world and present yourself for the dreamer, the visionary, the knowledgeable and frankly, benevolent human that you are. And that takes your brand, if we're just going to analyze you from yeah. it, takes your brand in a very different place than if you locked yourself into this idea that you're every woman. Now, it's not to suggest that as being every woman that, like I said, that it's any better or worse. It's not. It's just a different way of presenting your values. Um, and hopefully it opens you up to some new opportunities in right. terms some of clarity. how you brand yourself. Yeah. Because as silly as the Spice Girls are, there's a clarity of like, yeah. what was it, Baby Spice? Like she would not have done sports. Right. Like sporting spice. Because it's also how you communicate yourself. Their archetypes, I never knew what scary spice was, that she was black, that that was what made her scary. Why was she so scary? But in any case, the clearer ones are like sporty and posh. Posh would not be wearing athleisure wear. Right. Right. It needs to correspond with her brand and how she spoke. And I guess it somehow coordinated because then she actually used her skills and became a designer, you know, like well, she, right, because she had a label and listen, a smart brand person, whether she had any design chops or not, that's not to debate that. But at some point, a smart branding person came to her and I'm sure somebody came to Sporty and said, endorse our Adidas or whatever. Right. And I'm sure somebody came to, well, scary was the iconoclast is what she was meant to be. Okay. <laughs> you know, living on the edge kind of thing. The bad girl. Yeah. But yeah. And at the time, People weren't really pushing back on the racial thing. But I think today we'd be like, really? <laughs> really? She's scary? Yeah, right. But at the time, it was 1997 or something, right? So right. it was an entirely different world in those days. But some smart brand person came to Posh and said, you have a huge audience. You're a fashion influencer. You have a point of view, you right? Have a point of view. You have real values. Why don't we turn that into a brand? Yeah. And she went for it and has been very successful. Even though, and I know people in the fashion business who were suspect of her credibility, but actually her fashion line was well designed. Some beautiful things. I follow her on Instagram. She's one of the few I do. I love it. Yeah. And then she's got the tie-in of family. Luxury. All yep. She's a clear, an example of someone has a point of view of who she is and how she presents. Right. Publicly. And so that's really just an archetype. I mean, and that's the point of the archetype is to, as I say, challenge yourself. I mean, you might even try four or five or six of the archetypes on for right. size just to see, you know, if it feels authentic to you or even aspirational. It may be partially authentic but entirely yeah. operational, which I think is probably the way you see the magician. But as I began to talk to you about why I see you as a magician, and you say, yes, you say it feels aspirational, but do you see how presenting yourself in that way, your brand in that way, sets you apart from someone who is every woman? Right. 
Because there are a lot. I mean, in our space of being creative, that's what we do. That's what you got me thinking that the doing is about the every woman. I can make it that that happens. But if I'm pitching business, it's more about like, how can I put concepts together? I can see something that the knowledge that I have, I can bring it forward. That That's what differentiates me and you, that you're in the world and with a background in creative direction and branding strategy and all of that, that you're bringing all this to bear on something that may then be done in an every woman voice or may be done in a sage voice. I think of you in the middle that having pieces of it, but being able to help identify like the clients you work with to know what voice may work strong for them. Right. And I'll tell you something, even huge companies, Virgin Airlines, for I mean, huge companies, huge brands can ground themselves in an archetype. It's just, as I said, it's a leaping off point. Yeah. And the most important aspect of branding, the most important is consistency. Mm, yeah. You don't want to go out into the world one day as a caregiver and the next day as a jester. In order to make yourself recognizable, you know, we come back to the Spice Girls, distinguishable, differentiated, recognizable. And also another aspect of branding is you need your audience to be able to describe very quickly who you are, what you are. And that's what makes you relatable, right? So consistency, authenticity, relatability, these are all the most important aspects of branding. So even if it's just I mean, look, I have a daughter applying for college right now, and I've talked to her about this idea. Who do you want to be? How do you want to present yourself, whether it's in your essay, your application or whatever? Like, let's be clear. Let's be consistent. So I really do think that the archetypes help bring you back to values and give you a checkpoint system. Yeah. Am I putting myself out in the world as a magician? Is this what a magician does? Are these the values of a magician? Would a magician take that client, not take that client? Yes, the magician would take that client. Thank you very much. (laughs) Would would pursue that opportunity. Right. You know, is that on brand for me? Yeah. So I think it's a wonderful framework to give us all touch points for coming back. And as I said, creating that consistency. Well, so... Is this part of what you're doing with putting together your fifth launch, you you freaking serial entrepreneur, you? <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. My fifth launch is entirely unintentional because of what's happened yes. with COVID, right? I will say that I feel resilient in that I can still have some optimism and still look forward to doing something new, even though my very successful company... <laughs> What, you know, died a COVID death. As so many have. I mean, I lost two thirds of my clients. They made it through March because the invoicing from February <laughs> landed in March. But let's say April, not so much. <laughs> right, right. And it's a hard knock. It's a hard knock for, yeah. for many of us. I think the most important, I mean, we all agree that 2020 was has been a, an awful year, but I think it's helped us as individuals, many of us, really get in touch with our values and our our real gifts and our talents and given us an opportunity to reset ourselves. So even if you unintentionally lost your business or lost your job, it forces you to, to figure out how to bounce back. So I'm bouncing back. I'm not going to, my intention anyway, is not to run a company anymore and manage a lot of people. I, I want to go out as an individual consultant 
and be a little bit more selective about the clients I work with and the time that I invest. When you have overhead and people's careers to further and to manage, you have to make choices based on those priorities as opposed to your own personal. So what this has shown me is that I would like to just get back to doing what Christy likes to do, you know? Yeah, right. And what I really love doing is the strategic thinking and the creative ideas. And that's what brings me joy as opposed to, I mean, of course, I love my team and all of that. But the real joy for me is not in spreadsheets and HR. Yeah, I was going to say, I immediately went to HR. Yes, yeah. it's not HR. Yes. You know, <laughs> and even the, the operation stuff, it's not my passion. And so I see this tragedy that's befallen the globe as an opportunity for me to get back to what fulfills me and what makes me happy. And I think at where I am in my life and, and my career and my ambition, that going out on, on my own is the thing that's going to fulfill me. Not that it's going to be easier, mind you, no. because it's extraordinarily difficult, obviously, to find clients and to manage that whole biz dev thing as a solopreneur. Yes. And breadwinner, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Breadwinner, you know, yeah. children in college and going to college. So, but I do feel like being at a point in my life where frankly, I'm not paying a nanny anymore, right? And I don't have to manage my life around my children anymore. I can very soon, hopefully, just do what Christy wants to do. (laughs) It's like a whole new chapter in my life. So the fact I, I feel privileged that this new chapter is unfolding as this new chapter in the globe is unfolding. It's a nice universal alignment for me that I can go out and try something new. Well, when you become an outlaw. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. The outlaw is truly liberated, right? Yeah. And wants to leave a mark on the world. So that might be something that I try on for size. I mean, I have considered myself the lover in the sense that I get very enthusiastic and very passionate about Mm -hmm. brands that I work on. I really do drink the Kool-Aid when I'm working on something. And I love to build connections between brands and consumers. So I've always considered myself a lover. But you know what, I should take my own advice and challenge myself to try on the outlaw. Or I don't know, maybe even the hero, maybe even a magician, maybe I should try being a magician and see how that feels. Yeah, I wonder, well, you and I will jump into new (laughs) archetypes because I think the lover and the every person for us is about the doing because we, you know, in service of the client, which we will always do. But in pitching ourselves and our own businesses, it may be things like outlaw, hero, magician. I want to quote somebody who said something the other day that really resonated with me. Her name is Leslie Bradshaw. She's super smart, another consultant who is in our network. And she said, better to be a do leader than a thought leader. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's you and me. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, I'm going to be a do do leader. Yeah. We've been doers for a long time, like innovative doers, but I want to add the leader onto, you you know what I'm saying? Like the, like embracing it as our persona outwardly. Cause I think that's what you handed to me with the magician idea. And I hand it right back to you for you. (laughs) This is what we're doing. And so thank you for joining us on our therapy session. (laughs) I've had a real breakthrough. Thank you. (laughs) 
Well, that is a good moment for us to say thank you for joining me on The Breadwinners. I, I'm Thank you for your time and your thinking and the archetypes. Absolutely. They're out there. Anybody can embrace them, use them, find them, and, and seriously, put them to work. I think you'll be surprised. So our guest today was Christy Faulkner. You will find links to her in the episode description when you want her to explain this all and tell you what you are. <laughs> So email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.